No. Can you guys believe I could beatbox that fast? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Howdy do to the good few. How we doing, good few? Really good to be back. Uh, not that I ever left or you ever did. Maybe a few of you left. I saw the numbers dip a little bit. Hopefully you're coming back. But uh, it's good to be back in studio recording another episode of Good Enough with me, your host, Stefano Sanzo. Good to be here. Uh, we, got a, we got a good episode planned for you today. Just wanted to talk about a few things. Uh, so I'm getting into jujitsu pretty heavily as far as... I. I'm going and now I'm going once a week, which I know doesn't seem a lot, but for me, it's just like once I free up my time and like commit to the money of it, like, and I could have the infinite classes and go all the time. It's going to be probably another one of my obsessions because I've been, I've been looking for an athletic home, uh, from all the shit that I've done. I like, I'll never be a professional lifter or a professional bodybuilder, professional strongman. I don't take steroids. I don't plan on it. And I'm never going to be any kind of a special runner, but I am a guy who's like really strong and could run really far. Like I have this cardio and it, it applies really well if you combine it with the technique of jujitsu, it, it, it could make me good. Um, right now I'm getting choked left and right. It's actually really funny. I'm, you know, 220 something pounds getting choked out by dudes who have like 70 pounds, the way like 70 pounds less than me, but that's the nature of the sport. I love it you know, choked out, submitted all that. They're just so much better than me, but I'm getting a little bit better and I'm getting a little bit more obsessed with it. I really love doing it. It's fun as hell. Every single thing that anyone has ever said about jujitsu is true. I've listened to hours of people talk about it, uh, whether they're actual fighters or just people who are getting into training at every level. It, it's, it opens up your mind. It opens up your body. It, it makes you healthy, both mentally and physically in a way that I've never seen before from anything else as far as physical activity is concerned. And I'm the guy to talk to about that because I've tried pretty much everything in the fucking book. Yoga, uh, rock climbing, running, blah, 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 all of it. There's just so many things, so many, so many, so many things. And jujitsu right now is probably my favorite thing I've ever done. So if any of you are considering doing it, please try a class out. And try a class out at Casa of Jiu-Jitsu in Ansonia. That's the place that I'm going to. There's open mats on Sunday, but you're not going to learn any technique from there. You're just going to learn how to get choked out a lot by a bunch of people who are better than you. But if you go to a class, they'll teach you how to teach you some techniques and make you a little bit more confident in a fight or just getting better at a martial art that I think is really worth learning. Uh, why am I plugging Casa of Jiu-Jitsu? Well, one, I love them a lot and I'm going to be spending a lot of my time there. Two, the owner, the resident black belt, the man who's taught me uh, many things, is uh, Wilton Casa, and he's actually going to be coming on, uh, coming on good enough. We talked about it. He wants to come on. He he, he said he's going to record Friday. So uh, uh, time-wise, yeah, that's like a few days from now, if you're listening to it, is when we're going to record. I don't know when it'll be released. So really excited about that. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a brilliant man. He's, of course, a master of jujitsu, and it takes years and a lot of commitment and a lot of dedication to master a martial art. So he has so much to say in regards to getting better at life and getting better at a thing, and I think that's a lot of what we talk about on here. So I think he's going to be a natural guest, and, and I think it's going to be a real great time. Also wants to bring his son on, who's like, I think he's like nine years old, and he's just a sicko at jujitsu. Like, he wins tournaments. He's got a tournament coming up. We'll probably be talking about that. So that's awesome. But uh, yeah, getting into jujitsu. I'm loving the shit out of it. The uh, My in- inevitable transformation into Joe Rogan, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's on its way. 
But uh, with that said, that's everything I need to tell you guys about today. Uh, episode 17 was a fucking blast. He's got to come on more often. Marcelino Moose Hill. We call him Moose. He goes by Moose. But Marcelino Moose Hill, a longtime friend in comedy. He's got a billion stories, knows how to tell them, funny as hell. And like I said, I think he would be a great regular guest here on Good Enough. I think you guys will think the same. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. It's a treat from start to finish. It was a joy having him in studio, and it's going to be a joy having him back. Uh, speaking of having him back, Pat Oates, he's coming in as well next uh, next week. So look forward to that episode uh, probably two weeks, two, two weeks from now. But... Thanks, as always, for listening. If you have any questions about the podcast or any suggestions, as long as they're nice, send them my way. And if you have something mean to say, you know, go fuck yourself, really. I don't need, I don't need to hear your shitty opinions. Just, you know, uh, just kidding. If it's negative feedback that I could actually use that in a positive way, which I probably can because that's my thing, um, send them my way. I want to know how I can make this better, always. That's everything for me today. I love you guys. I'm your host, Stefano Sanzo. You are the good few. Enjoy episode 17 with Marcelino Moose Hill. We will see you guys next week. I love you. We couldn't afford the rights to any songs. So I wrote this one. We're not the best, but we're All right, you want me to start talking about something right now? Sex, uh, drugs, and rock and roll. How's that? That's sound? a great way to start it off, Moose. <laughs> yeah, let's get going, man. Um, with me in the studio today is my friend, uh, probably probably since I first started comedy, Marcelino Moose Hill. Right, right. How you doing, Moose? I'm doing well. How are you? I am fantastic. It's really good to have you in here, man. Uh, yeah, Thanks for having me. We were, we were just talking about some awesome stuff before this, though. <laughs> but sex, drugs, and rock and roll. What 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 year were you born? Oh, jeez. Are you ready? 62. Jesus Christ. So yeah, you saw yeah. some cool shit, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. You, <laughs> um, sex, sex, like, drugs, and rock. Was that ever a lifestyle for you? Yeah, actually, that Because, like, was. I only read about it. Like, I was born in 93, man. So, like, <laughs> I didn't, still see, a I didn't a see anything cool. I'm surprised you got facial hair. Right? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> So like uh so so what era was your heyday like what uh if, if you're born in 62 that means the 70s I was off the wall Oh man what yeah. like like 70s how? I was off the wall I mean I did a lot of partying a lot of experiment with stuff I traveled a lot Well yeah. I didn't travel I ran away <laughs> <laughs> Well how uh, how old were you Uh I probably I'm I'm from New Britain and I used to hitchhike to Bridgeport when I was like 14 years old. Holy 15, shit! Just hitchhiking you know? from one, not great area to another. Great no, area. no. Well, you know, I was I was into a lot of stuff. My mother, yeah. my mother didn't find out until later years and stuff. She was like, Jesus Christ, kid. You <laughs> and know? you were able to uh, atone to some of it. Like, listen, mom, <laughs> yeah, I was into some yeah. shit. And uh, well, it's Big good. Time. It's good that you wound up uh, alive, man. Uh, like what? So you were hitchhiking? Ju- so just to Bridgeport, though. Oh uh, no! All over. <laughs> like how far? How far did you get with uh, that? With that? You know, this, this is funny. I, I, my mother never wanted me to have a motorcycle, and I remember she went. No to, mother wants their son no. to have a motorcycle. They're fucking death traps. She, she went to Hawaii, right? And I was home, and I flipped the motorcycle, broke my ankle. Good God! And my neighbor came out, helped me out, and she picked the bike up. And my mother asked me, what the hell happened to your foot? I said, yeah. oh, I broke it on the bike. That's right. what we call motorcycle. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want her to know. And I heard, I'm upstairs with the cast on and everything. And I heard my neighbor talk to my mother. Yeah, he broke his ankle. I had to help him up on the motorcycle. And my mother said, motorcycle? 
She said, yeah, don't you know they call motorcycles bikes? And she yelled out, Mosey! <laughs> I tried to run down the front stairs. <laughs> With your broken ass ankle? Broken ass ankle. And how, how the hell did you hide a motorcycle from your mom from how long? How long before she actually found out? Uh, yeah, I had the bike probably a month and a half. We had a shed in the backyard. You were living at home and she didn't know you had a motorcycle? No, no. I hit a lot of shit. What man. the? You no. must have got away with murder if you were able to hide a fucking motorcycle. You, you would think, huh? Um, <laughs> God damn. All right. So uh, something I like to ask all my guests, not that uh, we, we're running out of questions here, but something I, I love to know about everybody because I don't think it gets asked enough. But And I know you're a man of many hobbies, so this should be an interesting mm. uh, answer. But what makes you happy, Moose? Me? uh I'm a single father. I have a 14-year-old daughter. Spend time with her. Really? like number one. I communicate with my son. He's 24. He lives in Oregon. And uh, I love my kids, but to do something like outside all the time. Yeah, yeah well, uh, I guess I should rephrase that question. But like what makes you happy? Every, you know, family makes everyone happy. But I'm talking about like the Sometimes. hobby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I'm talking about like the 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 accessory things to life, you know, the the hobbies and all that stuff. Like what's the things that just put a smile on your face? Like Oh, laughter. Laughing, yeah. laughing. Yeah. You know, uh, I was I, I was working for this dealership and I was driving a courtesy driver. Mm -hmm. And I actually what's do, a courtesy driver? Sorry, uh, I've never like heard of that. drive driving for people that have their cars in the shop. You bring them to work. You pick them up. Oh, okay, and stuff cool. Like that. So I get like maybe ten to twenty minutes with the individuals. Right. And I would do jokes all the time. Really? Would, so that's where you built up your oh, man. your ability people to People would tell only jokes. request for me. No shit. Know? So, you know, I had a good time. I love laughter because laughter is is medicine. Like, I battle with a lot of stuff, man. And I, I could say depression, mm -hmm. anxiety, but laughter kind of calms me down. Yeah, it's a great equalizer, you know? man. And I'm socially awkward, yeah. so I break it up with laughter. Yeah. You know, for my own benefit. That's so funny you would call yourself socially awkward because yeah. I've... Maybe I'm socially awkward and that's something that we connect on. Because I've always I've had nothing but like positive interactions with you. You seem like the most personable kind of dude. You. But I guess there are different types of socially awkward. Yeah. Especially like the type of socially awkward that makes a comedian. But like you seem, I mean, as far as all the personalities that I've met in comedy, you seem like one of the ones who has it pretty put together and not like, like seems like someone who could function in life. <laughs> Like, Cause you don't like, know me. Yeah, it's okay. It's a good point. I had no idea about the sex, drugs, and rock and roll until like three minutes before we started the That's podcast. Funny. That's funny. But uh, like, what other sort of crazy shit did you get into in the in the seventies, man? Oh my gosh, I used to do a lot of martial arts. Uh, like a lot of partying, motorcycles, fast what? cars. You're, that's all right. You just described like an action movie. <laughs> martial, yeah, yeah. martial arts, drugs, well, I explosions. Had a, you know, when I was younger, I was really hyper. You know. Yeah. What they call ADD or ADHD, whatever. ADHD, yeah. I, I got it. We called uh -huh. it retarded back in the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. back in the 60s and 70s, yeah. you had no name. And they for didn't prescribe you with shit. They're just like, no, go. No, they didn't. Just throw you in a room, yeah. I'm pretty sure. My mother used to tell people, if it was legal for me to give this kid a shot of whiskey and two volumes, I would. <laughs> Later on, it turned out Moose would really get into that exact concoction. Oh, boy, did I. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. And, and you said you were in recovery. I have 18 years clean. Congratulations, yeah, dude. Got, so what... Yeah. 18 years ago what what was the final straw for you know maybe some of my listeners who might be struggling uh my son uh oh, okay, when yeah, oh I, yeah. I had kids and i knew that lifestyle i couldn't do it you know i had stopped when i was like 16 right and you know that lasted for a couple of years and then i started driving a wagon again what is and that what do you mean i, by I just started partying again oh okay over. okay started drinking started doing everything and, yeah uh, 
you know, and I would stop, you know, for a couple of years and then pick up again and stuff right. like that and spend time with my son. I'm like, this, this isn't working. It's not sustainable. Yeah. yeah. You know, now, now I'm supposed to be an adult and I got friends that they do whatever they do. I love them to death, but sometimes you find out what fits for you and what doesn't. Right. And the way I was, it wasn't working. Yeah. You know, I'd rather have spend time with my son and then especially through my divorce and stuff. Right. I made an agreement with my ex-wife that if I use, I won't see him. Wow. Because, you know, I, I try to think of the benefits of this stuff, you know. Uh, you know, you want to spend a quality time with them. How can you spend quality time if you're jacked up all the time? That's a good point. You know, yeah. so this is how, this is for me. Right. You know, and I want to be a part of his life because my father, even though my father and my mother were separated, my father lived in, a t- in town, but I'd never seen my father. Really? You know, through my teenage years and stuff because he was street smart and he knew what I was doing. If he seen me, he knew what I was doing. Yeah. So I avoided him and I was like, so my father didn't have like a big part in my life and I was yeah. like, I'm not going to be that. I want to have time and I want to spend quality time with my kids. You're, you know, you're if you see a goddamn me on, good dude. Bruce. Thank you. If you I, see I me on Facebook, you yeah. see a lot of things I do with my daughter. Yeah. Like we just went hiking the other day. Right, right. And got lost and we're looking and I was like, let's go to this waterfall and 10 years ago, almost to the date, I took a picture with her at the same waterfall. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? It's meant for us to come to this place today. That's awesome, man. You know? Oh, so you didn't even mean to go there 10 years to the day? You just wanted no, up there just, 10 years to yeah, the day? No, just, yeah, let's go hiking. That's crazy. She had, she had a day off of school yesterday. Yeah. I said, let's go hiking. And she was like, okay, good, because that's my partner. She does. My daughter is, she's going to be the death of me because she wants to do everything. Right. You know, I used to skydive. Bullshit. Yeah, I'm certified skydiving. Certified so, skydiving. Yeah, so yeah. you used to skydive a lot. Oh yeah. You were an instructor? No, no. I, uh, I was a certified packer to pack parachutes, but I did uh, formations and I used to travel to what? Hawaii, How many Florida. Ti- <laughs> <laughs> How many times did you jump out of an airplane to earn a title like that? Uh, well, you know, you got to do several jumps to get your certification. Yeah. Okay. So you do several jumps and then they have different classifications. You got your A, B, C, and D license. Packing a parachute is a massive responsibility. Yeah, it is. That's, it is. It's, it's got to be uh, like, that, that could be like a, not attempted murder, but like almost a, uh, like a, like a wrongful death suit against you. Well, <laughs> you know, you have a lot, a lot in your hands. When you when you get your license, you have to learn how to pack your own parachute. Number one. Oh yeah. But to get certified to pack other people. Hold up, parachute. you hear that, folks? Pack your own damn parachute. Pack all right, life shoot. lesson. Pack your own chute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were saying. Yeah. So to get certified, there's another class that you have to take, and then you they get you like a stamp and a certification for it and stuff like that. Right. And I would go to meets like up in uh, New York and stuff for the weekend. And figured that I'll do like about 18 jumps or something like that. Yeah. End up doing five because I'm making more money. Right. Packing other people's. And you could make a lot of money too. Right. There, you know. So, so Moose, you're telling me, so, so skydiving, motorcycle, your last name is Marceline. Do you even know how to be a black guy? <laughs> <laughs> Where, what book did you read? Uh, literally, you break all of the stigmas, you know? all of the, all of the preconceived notions that somebody has of a black okay, dude. Like, let, let's like get... I've, we, you've talked about it on stage, but I never got a clear, like, why is your last name, uh, or, or, or why is your first name Marcelino? Marcelino, first name Marcelino. Number one, my father didn't like that name, so he gave me a nickname, not mine. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Marcelino is uh, it's so it was a, from a movie, The Miracle of Marcelino. Right. Is about okay. you know, and my mother just liked it. Is like a miracle baby. So my mother's older when she had me, so she figured she'd call me her miracle baby. Gave me the name Marcelino. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, you think it is. <laughs> Grow up with the name Marcelino was difficult 
I mean, I grew up with the name Stefano. It's not yeah, quite Marcelino. Yeah. But. I tried to I tried to legally change my name when I was 12 years old. Ah, uh, so you can't. Yeah. Would, would so, you want it to be at 12? No, I wanted to change my name to Mark. I hated my name Marcelino. Yeah. So I had the forms and stuff. And back then, I think it was like $110 to change, legally change your name. Yeah. So I had the paperwork. I had $110. And my mother had to sign off on it. So I, when I told her I wanted to change my name, she was like, to what? And my mother was a constant smoker. Uh-huh. She says, to what? And I told her, Mark, she goes, shit. And I told her, I said, well, I have the paperwork and I have the money. She was like, how much money does it cost? I said, $110. She goes, you got $110? Yeah, you have $110 at all. I said, yeah. She goes, let me see it. And she took the $110, put it in her pocket and said, that's rent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I still got the name Marcelino. That's funny shit. That's man. funny as shit, yeah. dude. That's, yeah. um, that's rough. That's devastating, actually. Because I remember one time... I had amassed, like, I think it was, I still remember to this day, I was a little kid and I had amassed $16. And something happened that I ended up getting my mother's shoes thrown out and she cleared, I, I, I couldn't explain why. Something, we were clearing out the garage with my dad and it was my fault and I her, a pair of her shoes ended up getting getting uh, cleaned out. And she took all of my money and cleared it out and, and she's like, a new pair of shoes. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. That's, I'm going to use that for shoes. And I was devastated because <laughs> getting money when you're a kid is really tough. Like, yeah, to, to imagine, yeah. how the fuck? Did you get a hundred? How old were you? I was uh, about twelve. I had a paper. You got to grind. You yeah. got to grind. Well, at see, my mother to raised one hundred ten dollars. Especially mother... in the what are we talking? Early seventies. Yeah, Holy uh, shit. that was uh, 74. I was twelve. That's a lot of money for yeah. for a kid, well, kid to I, I, get. I will tell you a funny story. Uh, I had to get a paper route because I I used to roller skate. You know, a lot of people roller skate and mm-hmm. it cost you money. My mother's a single mother, really. With uh, three kids, you guys, you guys keeping track. He is a roller skate and skydiving <laughs> motorcycle riding black dude. Go on, that tries, to, tries to play the guitar. And exactly, stuff, exactly. So I wanted to get a paper route, and I got a paper route. And so back then, I had like twenty-one customers, and I started like strong arming other other paper carriers to take over their routes, so right. I knew I could have more money. Yeah, yeah. So the guy used to come to the house and collect the money once a week, mm-hmm. and he's collecting the money. And he tells my mother that she they want to do an article on me because I'm the number one carrier, paper carrier in New Britain. Yeah. And she's like, what do you mean? She says, well, he has 107 customers. And my mother said, 107 customers? How much is that? Oh, he's probably making $60 a week. And then with tips, he's probably doing 100 at 12 years old. That's crazy. And my mother made me sign a, a contract for room and board. She said, I'm going to raise you different. I'm going to show you the value of money. You're going to pay room. You're going to pay board. And oh, she made shit. me sign the contract. And when she found out that I had more customers, she wanted to jack up my room and board. I right. said, you can't. We have a legal contract. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. You were a savvy family, man. Well, you, f- you, know, you threw it right back at her. You do like, what you got to do. Was, that was pretty impressive on your mom's end to, uh, to instill something that young as far as, like, how much money was she taking from you a month? I, I'm, I'm it, was, it, was, it was like... Like probably eight dollars. Yeah, something just like that. something. So man. when I first started out, eight dollars was like nothing because I had to pay my brother some money because I could, I was too young to put it under my name. Yeah. So plus pay her room and board. Right. So I figured I'll get more customers. Don't tell her and keep the money. And do you think that? <laughs> do you think that factored into you becoming so independent at a young age and running oh, no around doubt. the country? Right. Because oh, no it's not how young were you by the time you had first left and first like uh, gone on one of these escapades where uh, you wind 16. up sixteen. Yeah, that's crazy yeah. young to be doing that. Hitchhiking. A hitchhiking. Are we I, talking across the country? Or? Well, no. I used to go to like to Florida. I took off went to Florida. That's across uh, the country. That's that's well, far. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, I, that's a, I had a motorcycle. I remember it was a LTD 440 Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. I thought I was badass. Like right. I used to go to the clubs with all the the the, the gangs or whatever you want to call it, uh, motorcycle clubs. Yeah. And 
they would kick my motorcycle over. I had a Kawasaki. I'll park next to the Harley. Right. Oh, and yeah. That sounds like har- it's offensive They'll kick them. my bike over and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. I'm like, well, I paid for my bike like you did. So I kicked one guy's Harley over. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that yeah. doesn't sound like oh, a great a idea. Shit. So I used to drive the bike to New York and shit. Yeah. You know, just uh-huh. to get away and stuff yeah. like that. Comfy ride? All the, uh... Oh, no. It was a terrible ride. <laughs> right? Right? It's a, it was terrible. I don't know what the bike is, but it sounds like it's a cheaper a, it's bike. A, yeah, it's it a small bike. It doesn't yeah. sound like a cruiser. A 444, that's a small bike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I'd be terrible. hanging, man. I'd be... <laughs> <laughs> so what, you rock like a Harley now? Yeah, I do. Oh, uh, that's awesome, Harley's, man. Yeah, yeah. I um, it's like one of the greatest Italian sins is to get a motorcycle because it's like it, it nothing breaks your mother's heart more. Oh. Uh, there's some Italian mothers in two wheeled vehicles. They just scooters, anything. They're mortified of them, and they like it's like any Italian household. They just forbid you for. It. And I'm not saying that. I don't think I'd want a motorcycle anyway because. Even even if I was great at riding a motorcycle, mm-hmm. you can't trust the traffic. So I hope God's with you all the time when you're well, out on the road. You know, that's one thing too. Like a lot of a lot of these uh, places, they do motorcycle courses, and I I really tell people to do it. Yeah, you know, to do Learn it. Like something. I do I do a refresher course every five years at Tonksis Community College. That is responsible as shit. Well, you know what? They teach you from A to A to Z. Yeah, you know, and it's always good to go. Over, no matter how good you are at a thing, it is always good to go back over the fundamentals. Yeah, because you forget stuff. You yeah. know, you get used to driving a certain way, cutting through traffic yeah. and stuff like that. Like I see people cutting down the center lane of traffic. If, you know, and I'm like, look at these assholes, man. Yeah, you know. I mean, I I had bad motorcycle accidents. I had some serious ones. I went through a back window of an '84 Audi Fox and made it through the front window. Shut the fuck yeah. up! You're an uh, actual stunt man, dude. Yeah. You you but hit you the back what? end of a car and went through both I sides. I went through the back window, landed landed halfway out the, and you know, and it's crazy because windows. If you ever see like a, a TV show, they show slow motion how windows bend and then yeah, explode. Yeah. They do exactly that. Oh, man. okay, yeah. yeah. Holy and I had shit. just pulled over, put my helmet on. Yeah. You know, and my buddies were at. So you were wearing a helmet. Well, Did yeah, that helmet that time. save your life? That helmet, yeah. It saved There's your no, life? Yeah. You hear that, that guys? Time, yeah. Helmet? I have someone yeah. in the room, wouldn't be here if it wasn't for their helmet. So if you're a yeah. motorcycle rider and you're, you know, you think you're badass, I don't care how you want to mess up your hair, fucking remember that, all right? That's hair. crazy. Well, dude, look at this. Well, I'm, now you don't have any. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but you saved more than your hair, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah. you did lose your hair from the helmet, but, you know, you still have the rest of your head, which is pretty cool. No, I want to get back to when you said. You know, what kind of black guy are you? That's the stigma everybody has. It sounds, you must have had that going on in your whole life, though. Oh, yeah. Like, just like, like, I want to not, I don't know if you became who you are because you wanted to disprove stigmas, but like, it had to be in the back of your mind. Just like, I was just going to do that because it's just, it doesn't flow with, yeah. So, so what, what were you saying? You know, you know like, uh, like, I remember the first time I started skydiving and stuff. I went down to Florida and they were like, uh, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I'm here to do a course. I'm, I'm here to get certified. And they're like, well, you look around, there's like no other black people. Right, right, right. And, you know, after a while you start jumping and stuff, then you start to meet other people. Right. Um, and like skiing too. If you ever go skiing, yeah. I'm like the damn raisin on <laughs> on the snow, you know? Because <laughs> you don't see too many, you know, black people skiing and stuff. No, you do not and, see too many you black know, people skiing. The thing skiing. is, I was, I was raised to always do something, you know? Right. Don't just stay in the house, stay on that one block. Yeah. You know, go... Go experiment. Go see things. Find out what you like. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I agree entirely, man. That's that's what I'm all about is mm-hmm. like n- not necessarily break breaking your own stigma, but like there is like a set path for I feel like every type, every person out there, every every type of person you are. Like, all right, so you could you could go back to, uh, you know, I, in high school I played football, so that chalks me up to be a mm-hmm. jock. But that didn't stop me from pursuing 
anything or anything right. I wanted to do. I just, I, I always picked up these different hobbies and, and just explore. And I end up, I've ended up becoming like a very strange amalgamation of all these weird hobbies and passions that I'm into, but it's not b- to be weird. It's because these things interest me and I pursued mm-hmm. them and followed them. And then you wind up being like, you wind up being a person with a lot of interesting stories to tell and an interesting perspective because you've done all these things. Like, I don't know another person like you. I, I, I have no, I, I've never Thank met you. another person like you as far as like, yeah, motorcycle experience, draw uh, uh, hopping out of airplanes and all that. Like that, that's, that's incredible, man. So yeah, I, I call I it jumping. Yeah. Yeah. It's jumping. <laughs> exactly. Whatever you're doing. Perfectly good airplane. Just fall, j- jumping yeah. right out Nothing of it. Like man. people always say, why would you want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane? Yeah. I said, you know, if you go on a trip, the pilots have a parachute. Yes, they do. Some of the stewardess or stewards have parachutes. If they jump out, I'm jumping out too, and I'll catch them in midair. <laughs> That's fucking badass. You, know? you think you could pull off a move like that? Uh, you must be able to. Oh, yeah. I got over 500 jumps. Yeah. Shut up. It's funny You've jumped out of an airplane 500 Bob, times? I, I just saw. I stopped jumping. Like What the fuck? I didn't. I never, never thought I'd meet. A, I only hear that on podcasts. Oh, I never yeah. thought I'd meet a person who's done shit. Like if you look that. up on Facebook, you see like a, a month ago, I brought my daughter to the drop zone because I found some of my old gear. Yeah, and I donated it. You know, because yeah. I can't fit in it no more. Right. You know, and one time I remember I was jumping with. Uh, it was a Swedish national team. I did like a, a five-way, four, a four-way formation with them. And I was so excited about the jump, I didn't pull my parachute in time. Jesus so, Christ. And then I had a malfunction, and I landed in a cornfield and got knocked the fuck out. Whoa. So people would call me corn, like new people to come to the, yeah. to the drop zone would call me corn. I'm like, why they call me corn? And the guy was like, dude, look at you. And I had like the stains from the corn. Right. You know, the stalks. You got to yeah, think cool. about it. The stalks like as thick as this beacon right here yeah whatever. yeah like a, a couple so, a couple inches thick yeah. yeah so you hit about 15 of them that shit hurts man. that's like hitting that's like getting beaten up with baseball bats yeah like I, a bunch of them so i was knocked out <laughs> yeah oh my god and so were, you, were you tandem were you with somebody no no i was doing uh a formation when you got like four people or more mm-hmm. you could do three and you do stunts like you grab each other's shoulders you spin. you did all that yeah that's what i used to do that yeah. for for what for money for a hobby what i tried to get i tried to do it professionally but then after having the kids you couldn't jump that much and stuff yeah. like that and and is is there all do you like also attribute that to the liability of like i could not come home one day like maybe i should cut back on this like did or that was insurance part of policy it. canceled me oh shit <laughs> life policy yeah. yeah 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 they're like you skydive you've jumped 500 times out of a plane and you want us to insure your life yeah. fuck you yeah. a lot of premiums went up <laughs> yeah i two bet two other ones dropped me and yeah you know at that time i was married my wife was like you know you can't be doing this shit right and i'll sneak off like she'll go to work and i'll take my son go to the drop zone jump for the day yeah and I told him, don't tell mom. And he'd go, she was like, how was your day? Well, we went and jumped out of the airplane. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, are, uh, what, so in your life now, how do you keep that kind of, because you, you have, uh, it's not even a question. You were addicted to the adrenaline. There's oh, no, no doubt. No doubt about it. Like, I don't even, yeah. I, I, I feel, I would feel stupid to ask that question. Feel cliche to be like, so were you an adrenaline junkie? Of course you are. You jumped well, out yeah. of a goddamn airplane 500 times. I used to drive a Hayabusa and doing 110 miles per hour. So, oh my God. So, know, so what? I like the speed. I yeah. Think, you know. That's fucking, yeah. that is preposterous. <laughs> so what, like, what do you do to honor that? now or as you've gotten older do you not need it because that's an incredible amount of adrenaline to be used to like what are you doing obviously you have to be playing it safer now but is there anything you do now to keep that 
that excitement in your life in any way? Get on my bike, take a ride. You that does, are you, yeah. You're not going a hundred, a buck ten. No, anymore. no. I, uh, sometimes I'll Jesus do. Jesus Christ, Moose! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's, that's one thing. crazy. Like, I got I got the big bike and I got like the giant ear horns on there and stuff yeah. like that. So you know if the road's open, I'm going to open it up. Fair yeah. enough. Fair yeah. enough. As long as you're not weaving. No. Yeah. No, I mean. No. It's still pretty crazy to me to be traveling at those kind of speeds with a little, uh, with the, uh, with a motorcycle, but I get it. I mean, you're experienced. How fast are you driving your car? Um, I, my car, the fastest I'll ever go is like 80. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I also have a small, uh, slower car than I used to, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, like the, but back in the day when I first got my license, Ma, plug your ears. Um, I, <laughs> I, I used to have this little, uh, four cylinder Honda Accord, 98 Honda Accord. And those things as cheap and as many as they are on the road, uh, they are a lot faster than people oh, give yeah. them credit for yeah. like a lot faster. And, uh, like going to who's a tonic, uh, community college, almost every day I used to hit like a hundo or a buck 10 on the straightaway on route eight. And there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like. I guess this feels a little bit sick. I, I don't even know if the airbag would work in a car like that. So maybe no, it's you're done. This. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah, you're, you're dead done. hitting anything yeah. that going that fast. That's a good point. But like yeah. with a motorcycle, I mean, you don't have to be going a buck ten to get fucked up. No, I, you don't. I don't want to get all these bad thoughts in your head. It's just like, you know, I, I think about that. So so hopping on the motorcycle is enough for you now. Yeah, just clear my head and stuff like that. I, like I, I like to go hiking a lot. And right. I do a lot of camping with my daughter. That's and, awesome. You know, bring but, her friends with her and stuff. So you like could that. appreciate the things that aren't high adrenaline as well Anymore, like th- yeah. things that Plus are i'm old yeah okay you know? right 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 but um i mean you don't you don't look old you don't sound old i hey. mean old is kind of a relative term i'm but older there you go <laughs> there you go you've you've, you've uh, I, I always I've, I've probably said it on the podcast before but i love I, I love the term um growing old is inevitable growing up is optional and right. i feel like you have a pretty good grasp of that as far as right. like staying young in your activities and doing things that keep you passionate and happy and uh, that's really awesome to see, man. Well, you know, the thing is, you got to find something that you like to do. You know, I don't sit still much. And when I do sit still, I'm comfortable sitting still at home. Right. You know, I could uh, just be in my living room or, you know, around my yard. Like, I got a fire pit. I just brought a cord of wood. Mm-hmm. For what? What I? But I like sitting outside, lighting a fire. You know, just relaxing. Yeah. Have a good cigar. Yes, yes. You know? I, lo- I love a cigar. That's... um. That's one of uh, one way I do. Actually, all of that sounds pretty good and relaxing to me. I'm all, I'm in all of it. But yeah, cigars. There's something about it. There's something about just taking that seat, taking the time to enjoy it, to appreciate it. Going out to a cigar bar, even. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I, I I go pretty regularly with a couple of people. But um, yeah, man. That that other than the nicotine buzz, obviously, there is something there to to. There's a comp. There's kind of a calming effect to it. Um, takes takes the edge off. But on top of that, just appreciating the craftsmanship of a cigar. Yeah. It's not a cigarette. It's not factory rolled. Every single cigar you buy is handmade, yeah. you know, hand rolled. The the process of aging the tobacco and hanging it for it to wind up in your hand and smoking it, man. It's a, it's a huge... There's, there's a smoke shop, uh, Mickey Blake's. Mm-hmm. They have one in Southington and Milford. The guys out there, they're, they get certified to know certain types of tobacco every cigar there is. They have to smoke each one to know the flavor and the taste of. Mm-hmm. Like for me, now I stick with the uh, acid Cuba Cubas. Mm-hmm. I like the acid Cuba Cubas. The blondies are good. Oh, it's the blondies, a, that's, a, that's a classic, yeah. yeah. And uh, they have one, it's a deep dish, they call it. Huh. That's like the girl that works at Pizza Hut. But, uh, <laughs> 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 
But you know, you try different ones. Like I used to get into Rocky Patels. Yeah. And then I found this one. It was really sweet. And there's one, I can't think of the name of it. It began with a B, but it was really a sweet. I like the sweet tasting ones and mm-hmm. the flavor it lasts. Yeah. And they stopped making it, so I stick with the acid Cuba Cuba. Yeah. I think it's important to have, a, uh, this isn't just cigars and general uh, things that you're into that are, that are uh, a hot, like you could follow as a hobby. Uh, I think there's important to have to, to refine your palate to a, something like, like a, a go-to, mm-hmm. something that you always have. That when you're not uh, when you're not when you don't want to try something or nothing is familiar or you don't know anything, like you have a solid go-to. Yeah. Just a cigar is like I'm gonna get that because I know it's good. But otherwise, I do love trying things. Oh yeah, I love the- you know. It's, I'm like a kid in a candy shop when I'm at uh, you know do, doing cigars and just looking and having them explained to me. I love when there's an expert working there. Yeah. That's why I like cigar bars. They're usually experts behind the bar yeah, and yeah. every one of them know every way more than I'd ever know about cigars. Like if I do a show in New York, I stop in Southington, I pick up one. It's called Asylum 13. Mm-hmm. I do the, the green and brown wrap. It, the, the, the wrap around it's a, a green leaf and a brown leaf. Mm-hmm. And I think it's... Oh, and it's, it has that spiral looking? Yeah, it's yeah, like a cool. 50 gauge. It's like a big cigar. Oh, yeah. That's and it will last me from leaving that park lot in Southington to I get to... Uh, say Broadway Comedy Club mm-hmm. you know it's like an hour and a half to two hour cigar depending right. on how you drag it yeah. now of course I'm going to drag it more when I'm in traffic because I'm cussing people out yeah <laughs> <laughs> and did you so did you pick up cigar smoking uh, probably after you quit drinking or quit uh, everything I was drinking? yeah about about uh, I think about 15 years ago I started smoking cigars ah, so pr- pretty close because you're 18 yeah, yeah. Na- uh, now so yeah, is, yeah. Is, is that a pretty co- uh, uh, they, they say you pick up one thing for another and like it after three years sober, you're like, I got to do something. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I gambled a lot after I, you know, stopped doing what I was doing. I gambled and then started sexing a lot, you know. And start sexing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Know. And uh, find out what works for you. Yeah, you know? right, That's right. It. That's and c- it. And c- cigars are, they're, I, I don't know, it's not as bad as cigarettes because you're not pulling, usually you're not smoking a cigar as often as you're smoking cigarettes, I find. But. Well, what about you? <laughs> I get I get deep sometimes. I yeah. mean, if I if I'm having a bad day or something like that, I could smoke four. Yeah, day. four like big ones. Yeah. Oh well, no Like shit. you know, you see the size of the ass of Cuba Cubas. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so my doctor told me I said I he needs I need to stop smoking like I was doing. So I cut it down. I went down to one a day, then like three a week. Yeah. You know, and I was I was recently. That's not bad. Okay. No, that's not bad. You go three a week now? No, I shit. This is my second one today. Oh shit. You know. <laughs> yeah. It, this would be my third action because uh-huh. I smoked one coming down. It was uh-huh. a nice ride down. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to stop doing what I was doing because, right. you know, after a while, you know, health problems and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. You know, I, I started working out again and oh, that's cool. wind and stuff. What are you getting into for working out? Um, trying to run again, even with my bad hips, trying to run, you know, just working oh. out at home. Did you used like to that. run back in the day as well? Oh, yeah, I used to okay, run. Okay, so that's actually something that's pretty big for me because I'm – uh, as you know, you, you you follow along. Yeah, I, you, you I do trimmed up nice, I, man. I appreciate that. I, I do a lot of things. And I feel like I'm really enjoying <clears throat> the fruits of being uh, young. And I... Well, basically, I beat the shit out of my body. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering, like, it, was there a time... So so you used to work out a lot? Oh, yeah. And was there a oh, time yeah. was there a time or age for you where it started to be like, oh, man, I'm not 26 anymore because I'm 26 <laughs> you know nice and yeah. yeah and I could do it all there's a reason I could lift the yeah. way I do and run a marathons and all yeah. that like you know I'd like to think that I'm taking enough care of myself where it's not just youthfulness but it's still go- you know something you know going for me but I'm, I'm really glad to see that you've gotten back into it so 
So when do you slow down? Was it because of like aging pains? Like I, I just want to know, follow the trajectory because this is something I'm really interested uh, in. After like dislocating my hip, three hip surgeries, three shoulder surgeries. And you did those why? Because of working out? Uh, Well, you know, just body deteriorating and oh, thinking that you could do shit that you're life. not, your body's, you know, in my mind, I'm not my age. Okay. You know, that's that's something thing. good. In my to, mind, I'm I'll, not I'll my take age. that mental note and take it on a yeah. few years. So but yeah. in all reality, I can't do what i was doing when i was 26 right say. you know like i'm not running no marathons now right you know i started running around we got a park in new britain walnut hill park so mm -hmm. i had to invest in some nice sneakers you know folks hear that that's two runners telling to, to give you a big piece of advice spend the fucking money oh, yeah. on the shoes what a difference it's, just, it's the same thing as uh it's the same i mean good tires whatever it is it's 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 so important if you're going to run you got to have some something really good spend the money right. it'll it'll save you money in the long run it'll save yeah. you doctor trips it'll save you missing work from shin splints and all that i so so listen up guys i'm about i'm, I'm like 220 215 that's like where I, I bounce around yeah I, I carry around a lot of muscle i'm a big fucking meatball and i ran that marathon at 200 i think 224 i was that morning so nice. pretty big dude and i trained at that weight for five months i bought new balance 1080s it's a 150 dollars shoe bought it twice mm -hmm, so i spent mm -hmm. 300 dollars on footwear right. because i put about 400 miles on them ran them out i just ran bought new balance yeah, yeah. yeah. great brand yeah. uh highly recommend but point being is i sustained no injuries mm -hmm. nothing no tears no breaks no rips no no uh no like painful points literally i it was like running on clouds from start to finish through my f whole training thing and a lot of people they ask me how do i get into running because they know my fat ass did what i did so they're like they, they come to me for advice and a lot of people gave me this advice as well so i'm doubling down on it for everybody spend the money get good equipment whatever you're getting into man you get what you pay for yeah no death yeah that's the whole thing i i used to do a lot of jump roping and i was telling the doctor i want to get back into it and back you know i used to do it like on these uh I had these uh, Adidas wrestling shoes, you know, mm -hmm. and I would jump rope in them, and I started getting shin splints. And yeah. the doctor was like, stop jumping in these sneakers. Invest in some good ones. I didn't hear them. And <laughs> so, like, about a week ago, two weeks ago, I go to New Balance, and they put you on the machine and talk to the guys and stuff, and I noticed that they had the sneakers on that they're, you know, and they weren't, like, new sneakers. They are worn, so you know that they actually use them. Yeah. They're not just, like, looking at them, trying to, uh, promote their sneakers. They're actually using them. And I was talking to one guy, and he was telling me how he runs seven miles like every other day. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I want the exact same ones. And once I started walking around in them, I'm like, dude, holy, holy crap! What yeah. a difference. Yeah, you can swear you know? in here. It's all good. Yeah. You know. So <laughs> yeah. So now I'm out. Like I'm not working now. Right. You know, I I actually retired and I had a job, and so I I get up in the morning and I do the park in the morning. Yeah. You know, and I. It's like nothing now, you know. Your feet ain't hurting, your your shins ain't killing you no yeah. more. Yeah, that's another thing. Your body, even at, at, at an older age, your body does adapt to that stress. Like oh, when yeah. when you get back into it, because uh, you know another thing, people are like, "How do you run so?" Uh, now I'm not. I'm only running like once a week as we're go moving into the winter. I'm training a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I try to train in seasons, but uh, when, when I, people were following along, they were like, "How do you run that off?" Because I was running five times a week, uh, up up to like forty five miles a week, and what happens is your body adapts so like what so let's say you run a six mile run yeah it, it sucks but it starts feeling a lot easier the more often you do oh, it yeah, and your yeah. body learns how to heal and i ended up getting to a spot where like i could run 10 miles and wake up the next day and run another 10 miles yeah, and not yeah. being any pain from the one before your yeah. body starts to understand so 
that just that training volume, all that, it helps a lot. How often are you running? I try to run now every other day. That's I, awesome. I have friends that, that is do, fanta- I have friends that's a that fantastic do marathon. habit. Yeah. You know, they do marathons and they're always like, you know, come on. Actually, I just before I came here, I picked up my friend Betty and dropped her off. And uh, her and her sister, they do marathons. Betty does half marathons. Her sister does marathons. And they're all like, come on, come on. And after watching them and going to support them at the marathon and stuff, I'm like, you know what? When the doctor gives me okay with my hips, I'm going to try to do it. So That's awesome. what I've been doing is like going to the park. I started walking, you know, obviously started walking the park. And now I'm doing like, I'll walk two poles and then I'll jog two poles. It's perfect. You know, to start. And yeah. now I'm doing, you know, almost a mile. And, you know, I got the bad hips and stuff like that. And I'm winded. You know, I'm old. I'm out of shape. And, you know. And but, you don't let any of it be an excuse. Just keep going. I love that. I love you gotta that. You got to start somewhere. So, uh, you're right, and and a lot of people, um, a, a lot of people when when they come at me, and 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 they're looking for inspiration or motivation because obviously people know my story, so they they come to me to see if they could like get a little bit of that, and I'm happy to try to do that. Uh, the first thing they start doing is throwing excuses. What you just said were like five. What anybody saying, and not saying human beings, people who are looking for reasons to not do a thing that's oh, keeping them from it, healthy. Yeah. You just gave me five or six yeah. ones right off the bat. That's like, oh yeah, I'm just not going to run then, you know. So yeah, you have bad hips. Uh, I got bad hips, man. I'm not going to run. Oh, uh, you you uh, you're older. You can't do what you used to. All right, yeah, you're not going to run. Yeah. But you take all the shit in, all the things that you know seems logical to not do a thing, and you just kind of say fuck you. <laughs> well, you know, that's something else too. Like, okay, you could work out, and this is me and talking to other people. You could work out all you want, and you you feel like you're not getting in shape you're you're tired and stuff like that but what is your eating habits oh thank you god thank you, you know, so much for bringing like that up i just yeah. i left i just drop salt i'm uh-huh. a salt fanatic i would put salt on cereal my daughter yeah. would tell you and i i i don't use salt now really you know there's so much salt in everything anyway yeah and my daughter's like you're not putting salt and i said no nah, i'm trying to stay away from salt i don't i eat pork but i'm not eating as much as i was before yeah. I'm staying away from a lot of the rice because I'm, I'm, I could cook rice and eat rice and beans all day long. Right. You know, and pasta, like I now instead of like pasta twice a week, I'm doing it once a week. Nice. You know, so just so making healthier choices. Trying That's to, all. Trying it's a, to. You didn't. All right, guys, please listen to what just came out of his mouth. God damn it. You, you I, I love the way you think. I love the way you talk. He didn't say the name of any trendy diets, didn't say any keto, didn't say any Atkins, didn't say anything like that. He named a couple of things that he knew are bad habits in himself and he's doing the bad things a little less. That's all. That's all. You weren't, you're not making it impossible on yourself. You're doing something very sustainable, very easy to follow. It's not crazy. You're not miserable. It sounds like you're still having the things that you love. You just recognize. Ben and Jerry's every night though. Really? (laughs) That's fun. Honestly, you could, you could still I, I, I know I'm going to sound crazy for this, but like you could have these things regularly in your diet. You look like just you're in great shape, man. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, just um, if, if you understand, I, I try to tell people all the time, macronutrients, get an understanding of macronutrients. Just Google it and you could eat anything you want mm-hmm. basically in this world. Because all these diets, they work on this premise of like taking what we call bad things completely out of your life and it's miserable and it's hard to follow and you fall off the wagon you end up being more out of shape than you ever were because you were you wanted it so bad i mean keto is going to make you a sugar addict Mm -hmm. it could Mm -hmm. i I like keto i like what it does but 
you're if you fall off keto, you're going to be stuffing cupcakes down your throat every yeah. day. Like you're going to want sugar so bad because it's yeah. so anti-sugar. But if you have little things in your life, like when I lost the second time around when I lost all the weight, uh, for, for those who know the story, the second time around when I lost all the weight, every weekend I was eating and drinking. Like I was pizza, cake, dessert, oh, yeah. all that stuff and drinking it every weekend. And then during the week, I kept it as clean as a whistle and it worked out. I had uh, one of the guys I knew, he used to be, he's probably like 5'8", and at one point in time, he's like 340. And he runs a lot now, he works out, and he says for him to treat himself on Sundays, he binges. That's it, man. Get it out of your system. One day a week, I binge. He goes, I'll eat what the hell I want, Mm -hmm. brownies, cookies, but it's that one he discovered something that I discovered that the second time around. Well, yeah, but he, him and I share, because I was in the three bills as well. I was three, 320 something mm-hmm. um, and a little bit taller than him. So he was even bigger than me. But he realized the same thing I did, which is the fat guy will never die. <laughs> he, he will always be in you and he will always need to be fed every now and then. Mm-hmm. And as long as you remember that, you remember that that demon that is never just because you lose weight or whatever the health is, you know, whatever the, the thing about you that you changed, it's still there in you. Like, you know, like you're, you're, you know that you still need something in your life to replace the things that you got rid of 18 years ago. Yeah, Not yeah. necessarily saying that like hanging with your daughter is like drinking for you. But what I'm saying is like, you know that you have to stay active and be involved and do things like you're, you, you need something. You know, it's funny. Like when we do shows or something like that, mm-hmm. go out, do a show. And after the set, I'll give it a half hour and I got to take off. Right. Because people are drinking. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with drinking. It but just what is there work. for you? Yeah. But yeah. see, then they start tapping you and I could smell the alcohol and stuff like that. And I know for a fact that if I stick around this a lot that I can pick up at any given time. And once I do, I'm going to take off like a rock. Get yourself out of a bad situation, you know? folks. So I always keep yeah. that in my mind. There's n- nothing wrong with drinking or doing whatever you do. Yeah. You know, like I smoke weed a lot. And I'm like, oh, dude, like I, I did a show last weekend. And I was talking about weed smokers and stuff. I said, back in my day, it was stems, no stems, seeds, no seeds. I said, yeah. now you guys got stuff called strawberry shortcake, mm. banana sherbet. I said, I got the munchies just talking about this shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and for uh, so sobriety for you is also no weed. No, nothing. I respect that a lot, nothing man. This all. dude, listen, I don't want to name any names here, but I know some people in our scene that love talking about their sobriety that still smoke weed and like do coke and talk about it. I'm like, what? Yeah. That's not just because you stop doing heroin or stop drinking. You're not. That's not sober. <laughs> do you understand that? Yeah, yeah. We're not. That's not the same thing. I because I, I hear people, you know, a lot of times talk about sobriety and it's it's not my battle. I don't I don't want to pretend that I was ever an addict. Uh, like like a drug addict but like yeah that that at least like be a little bit honest with yourself like you're not sober just because you're not doing the thing that was killing you yeah, you know I don't knock I, I so I appreciate that a lot yeah. that you had the resolve to just get yourself out of a out of a situation where you you could see it going south and it's a good point yeah we we do after comedy shows we tend to hang we tend to throw back a couple of drinks and at that point you're like I'm sober why do I need to be here it's like Nothing good could come of this. Well, you know, like I'll, I'll go out and socialize. I'll buy somebody some beers if I'm having a conversation with them and stuff. But it doesn't That's mean that I have really to drink. really cool of you. That's and like I, the coolest I, sober person I've ever heard well, of. You know, you got to through it. Trial and error, as yeah, I would say. That's a good point. You've been at limits. it for a while. Yeah, yeah, I know my I know what I can do, what I can't do. Like yeah. I don't go play pool. It's a trigger for me. That so you could buy alcohol for someone. And not drink. But pool you think would get you to drink. Oh man, are you kidding me? That's pool, crazy. I, you know what? I was a, I used to hustle. So Of course you were a pool part, hustler. It's, it's part of the whole game. Yeah. You know? Is getting and people stuff. drunk and getting drunk and, and all that. 
So I stay How's... away from that. I don't play pool. I don't play cards. Yeah. You know, because the gambling. Right. You know, I could go to the casino, you know, get on the, do the slides, play blackjack a little bit, and then leave. That's so cool. You, you know? really got it pinned down to what uh, uh, sobriety is. I might go tonight now on the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, do I have money on me? Yeah, right, seriously. <laughs> You're about to not. <laughs> Actually, you'll appreciate this, man. So I... I realize, so I'm not an addict, but I, I know I have the addict gene. Mm. I, I, I was over 300 pounds two different times in my life and I'm only 26. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I do have the ability to go overboard, obviously. Like I, 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 I've talked about it before. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to not have ever gotten into drugs because I think I would go pretty balls to the wall with them if I was able to do that to myself with just food. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I know I have the addict gene. Like I could, I drink alcohol and I'm like, I could see where this could, could become alcoholism because I like it, but I only do it on weekends. I don't drink throughout the week. But point I was trying to make, uh, I, I, I want to get back to that because everything you say is more interesting. But um, <laughs> I, uh, I do the same. I try to have a strong resolve over things that could be addictive. So with gambling, I've decided in my life I'm not going to be a gambler. Even when I gamble, I still try to go against the gambling uh, impulse. So check this out. I'm at. I, I went to go see Chris De, uh, Chris D'Elia, uh, big big famous comedian, big fan of him. He he was playing at Foxwoods. I br- I brought a bunch of cash, but it was just cash I already had, not mm-hmm. for ca- casino. So I have a bunch of cash in my wallet, and I gamble twenty dollars. I'm I'm like I'm gonna gamble a little bit and then get out as soon as I know the sign to get out. Right. Yeah. So I put twenty dollars in a slot machine. It disappears. Right. After the show, I put another twenty dollars in a slot machine, and I win back forty three dollars. Left. I'm three dollars up. I cashed the fuck out, Moose. Right. I cashed yeah. out at three dollars yeah. up, and I may not. I, I don't feel. I'm not a baller. I'm not dope yeah. and and like yeah. and cashing it out. But guess what? A lot of people there wish they left with three dollars up. Let uh, me tell you that. Tell you, whenever I go down to the casino, it's like for a show. Right. Like you know me. I'll go support other comics. Yeah. I'll go to a show. So I make sure I have a full tank of gas because I done this before when I was gambling. Went down there, ran out of money and didn't have enough money to put gas in my car to come home right so i make sure i have a full tank of gas uh-huh. i eat a good meal down there yeah and i'll put some money in the slots and get on the table right but i only carry that much money where i know if i'm gonna lose it i'm good yeah and that's if a I smart make that call. money back then i'm on top and you and you have the uh you have the resolve not to go to the atm and get more cash when you do run out of that little cash atm see that's another thing too <laughs> on my credit card i don't have pin numbers <laughs> No. So what do you Because have? it makes it too easy for me to go get the instant cash. No shit. Yeah. So See, just things that I have to do for myself. You, Moose, you, you've done with your life a lot of what I have started to do with my life as far as you've put discipline in and, and created this really great regimen for yourself. Where like you know you know yourself inside and out. You you you've taken some real stock in your life. It seems mm. like you've taken some real notes and listened to yourself and and watched your own mistakes and figured out how. So through, I think it's a uh, it's like it's like it's like part of the rule book of life that like nobody has ever handed. You kind of have to learn for yourself. But yeah. like yeah. you you've described it in a great way of all these kind of checks and balances that you've uh, that you've put into your own life that have made that have worked for you. Well, you know, you got to be honest. Excuse me. You got to be honest with yourself. What works for you, right? You know, it's like going out and doing a, a doing a comedy show, and then you want to test your boundaries. You know, okay, I'm going to go and hit an area that I'm not comfortable with, but you want to see how far you could go, right? You know, uh, not without pissing or make someone belittle, mm-hmm. but to see how far you could go where you're comfortable still. Yeah. You know, 
Like, I mean, I remember getting heckled at clubs and stuff like that by someone. And they always say, oh, I'm, I'm a, a, a decent comic. I don't go off the wall because I don't use the word bitch, cunt, nigger, and all this other stuff. <laughs> Holy shit. Didn't see those coming. Excuse nice. Me, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was great. It was but great. One, one you time, get to, you're one of the people who get to say them ever. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a, one, I appreciate a, it. A, a lady was pissing me off, and I, you know, I yelled out, and I went in on her. Oh, yes. I, mean, I just went in on her, and I felt bad later on. Yeah. But sometimes you got to stand up and tell, like, basically tell somebody shut the hell up. Yeah. And I'll tell you a funny story. I was at a, was a Hartford Funny Bone was doing a show. Hartford Funny Bone, right? Yeah. And we're in the lobby. And I was, did a show Friday, did the first show Saturday, and I'm in the lobby, and the lady's like, oh, can I take a picture with you? And I figured that she'd see me, because I was doing a lot of shows there. Right. The Funny Bone, I love them guys over there. The house is, they're just, I think they're good people over yeah. there. Yeah. And I was doing a lot of shows, and so this one lady was taking pictures with me in the lobby, and now, you know how small their lobby is, so right. everybody's in there. We're about to start the second mm-hmm. show, and her girlfriend comes up, and I mean, we're making faces, ah, ah, right, right. <laughs> tongue in like ah. yeah <laughs> and the girlfriend comes up so why are you taking pictures with him and she said girl you don't know who this is she said no she said girl this is jb smooth <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm gonna show you a picture of me and jb smooth right yeah so and i didn't realize i guess we do resemble each other yeah, a little bit a little so bit, the, yeah. her girlfriend goes girl that ain't jb smooth and she looks at me she said you're not jb smooth i said no and she goes give me my phone and she took the phone. Now everybody's like in the lobby. Oh, Joe. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. And she deleted every picture that they took. Jesus Christ. So I felt like about like three inches tall. Yeah. So the show's, starting, the show's starting. I get up on stage and they're at the front table right there. So the ladies are talking. One lady looks up and she's like, oh, my God. And she's tapping the other lady. And the lady's like on her phone. She's talking. She's talking. She's drinking a little bit. Right. And she looks up. She goes, oh, smack. I said to the lady that was taking my pictures in the lobby that realized I'm not JB Smooth, I said, Tonight, my name is Rick James, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. And uh, that's and that's all you did to acknowledge it? You didn't like no, ruin I, her I, night or anything? Yeah, I ruined her night. I, I just went off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I started making fuck fun of her toes, her hairdo. Yeah, and, fu- honestly, fuck people like that. That's, yeah. there, there was no reason to belittle you like that. Then again, she must not have known that you were a comedian. That's but, what it seems you know, like the there, story there's is. There's a whole part that, you know, you could you could stop somebody. And as, as a comic, you could stop somebody from heckling you. Right. Because you know what? You demand it. You're on the mic. And I'm, I'm still learning a lot of stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm still learning. And yeah. depending upon how my mood is, you know, you're supposed to be a professional. But sometimes I'm not with it. Yeah. You know, so you're supposed to be a professional and you do it. And you, this is for me. If you're going to cut them. Cut them with laughter, not with anger or like remorse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You cut them with laughter where it's going to be funny, but not to belittle someone. There's a difference. Yeah. You you don't want them to keep going on where other people join in. Now you're in the corner. Right. But you want to one-two punch them to mm-hmm. shut them up. Yeah. But you do it with humor. Right. Not to be vigilant, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because humor, uh, when done craftfully, it's, it's, the, it's a really powerful weapon, man. They say yeah. laughter is the best medicine, but it's like... I don't think they talk about what a weapon it is, too. Well, you know, there's, you can you can disarm the most powerful of foes with a good laugh. Look, there's a, there's a lot of comics we have in connect. I, I believe. 
for me, I believe there's a lot of talent in Connecticut like crazy. Dude, and, why the fuck do you think I have a podcast, man? I, yeah. I get so annoyed with like how underappreciated Connecticut is because we're in this shit sandwich between Boston and New York. So it's like you, we kind of <laughs> get... Shit sandwich, yeah. Seriously, we, we yeah. get glossed over. And I get it. Two of the world's biggest, most like culture-filled cities. And yeah, a lot of famous people come out of them. But like... We got a lot of art and music and comedians and everything stuff. you could think of. We got talent here. You were saying there's a lot of stuff going on here in Connecticut. And uh, what the hell is this? I tried to go out to uh, like recently. I've been trying to go back up to New York and stuff like that. And you know what flips me off is where what flips me off. Never even heard that <laughs> phrase before. You're a true original. Go I, on. Try, I try not to cuss so much. Yeah. <laughs> is where you do these shows and you've done shows before and now they want you to do bringers. Dude, I'm not. I'm not going to do a bringer. If I get somebody to come out for me, you know, or with me, that's one thing. But don't say I could only get on the show if after we communicating, and then oh, you didn't bring people, I can't put you up. Yeah, that sucks. Be upfront about this shit. You know, yeah. I could tell you if I'm going to do it or not. Right. You know, so it's not saying I don't do bringers, but if I could get somebody to come with me, yeah, and stuff like that. Otherwise, I'm I'm gonna go and still support other comics that I know that are on the show. Yeah, we we were talking about that before, man. Um, something that I, I really respect about you. One one of the reasons why um why I took a liking to you early on. Uh, you were you were one of the first people who kind of taught me, and not taught me by like listen listen here, son. Like just <laughs> taught me through example that you don't have to be getting something in return to support. Because I, I, you you show up to comedy shows and I know that you just give a lot of love and I'm like I, I could be doing that you know I, I had never done I don't think I had done it much before I had seen you do it then I'm like yeah it's not weird it's not competitive like just support your your own scene you know whether or not they yeah. give you stage time is irrelevant it's it's be another face in the crowd you know blow up the event a little bit talk about it talk about it online I love talking about yeah. shows that I'm not on because I just want people to go out to comedy I'm good I'm you know I, I got my own thing going on like you know whether or not you book me that's fine but like I want you to be successful as well you don't yeah. need to fail for me to be successful I just sent a, a thing out earlier to people you know I always want to see the best in you keep doing keep striving keep being you Fuck. do good yeah, and I sent that out to like fifteen people. Hell yeah, man! But that's like one thing too. Like I was doing a showcase in New Britain, and it was like I did for like a year, and we're getting between like a hundred to hundred fifty people every show, and comics would call me from New York, you know, from New Jersey and stuff coming, and there would be about twenty five comics coming to the show just yeah. for the show, and I would like book three comics, and I always give a guest spot to somebody that's awesome excuse me because that's what they did for me yeah you know you show up if i can i'm gonna put you on yeah usually uh so i produce shows uh produce comedy shows as well and yeah, yeah usually if like if like one or two comedians show up and you know they're trying to get some stage time I'm like yeah you show yeah, up i can if throw you, you a five minute yeah. set if yeah, you squeeze them in it's not going to interfere yeah, with exactly. everything if it's else not gonna, if it's not but too- it's funny where where your show stops and then the communication with other comics stop too yes, because sir. they want to see like i had so many people come in oh you can't give me no time well fuck you too yeah and i'm like dude why you why you want to go off the wall i mm-hmm. can't do it i'm not saying i i won't put you on ever a show but then all of a sudden your show stops and then they don't talk to you no more it's like what can i get from you that's going to benefit me yeah that's i not don't the care way if you ever it. put me on a show i'm if i think you're funny i'm gonna hire you you know for a show right and if I know you're doing a show and I have nothing that night, I still need a laugh. I'm going to come out and support you because awesome. we're local comics. Hell yeah, man. You know? And it's a grind. 
It is a but grind. It really is a grind, and and I think, but just in general, just like people supporting their their uh, scene and other people's scene, I just think it's so important. Just get involved. Get involved with your local creators, your local artists. They're all starving, or not even necessarily starving. Just we we need some kind of of you know of of grassroots campaign, something to get this you know get us going because it's not just going to be done by ourselves, you know. And no, you can't do really this by yourself. It. Yeah, you but, can't um, do it by yourself. Uh, so Moose, I, I definitely have to have you come back in here in the future. I think we could have gone for three hours today, but I try to limit the how long these episodes <laughs> are. So uh, something I ask uh, all my guests at the end of these episodes is, uh, so I, I'm going to have this up forever. You know, even if I quit the podcast, it's still going to be able to be listened to. Mm-hmm. So picture it's here forever, and I want you to just speak something into infinity as far as like something that lasts forever. Famous words to live by. Piece of advice to this audience. You've already told us some awesome things today and you have such crazy experience in life but if you could just leave my listeners on a great note to remember you by I, you know uh to s- sum up some of your experience i'd appreciate it oh man uh you know all i could say is uh find out what you like be happy be you and always smile when you're doing something that's it you know is that really that's that simple? simple man that's yeah. simple and that'll keep you going you know uh i remember when i was younger my grandmother used to tell me all the time and i do this constantly to people Smile at somebody because it doesn't cost you a dime, but it might just brighten up their day. That's it, dude. I love it. Yeah. So, so where can people find you? This this will probably be up in two weeks. I have an episode I'm probably releasing Sunday yeah. that's not this, and then maybe like next Sunday I think I'm gonna release. Uh, so if, if you have I, anything that people the sixteenth, I think it's uh, in New Haven. I'm doing uh, a show at uh, Bagel something other. I Regal the, Beagle. Yeah, yeah, Regal that's Beagle. yeah. I'm yeah. doing out there uh, June. January 25th, I'm doing another big show at the Elks Lodge in New Britain. Hell yeah. Uh, I have uh, Dr. J's coming, Philip Anthony, uh, and our, our buddy, uh, Kevin. Kevin Fitt? Kevin Dolan. Oh, Kevin Dolan. Yeah, Kevin I, Dolan. I sorry, him. sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I thought so you were we're going, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Dolan was on last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did listen to that broadcast. Oh, awesome. Too. I appreciate yeah. that. So they're going to be on the show, and actually I, gotta, I might be able to have a spot for somebody to come on down. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool, man. So uh, tickets be up on sale for that one because it's a benefit for. What's cancer. the date again? Uh, January twenty fifth. Okay, cool. It's, it's you know a couple months. Yeah. Because I mean, this show here that I do for them, the last three shows sold out. Awesome. They sold. I mean, the shows that we do over there sold out. Two hundred something people. Yeah. They do a buffet. You know, so that's in New Britain, Elks right. Lodge at thirty Washington Street. Right. And then, like I said, next week I'm in New Haven with uh, Josh. And uh, all them guys. Yeah, so. that's an awesome show. I, I, I've been down to uh, I've been down to it once. Uh, his, his show is pretty awesome. Yeah. But um, uh, so so what I have coming up, I think by I think by November sixteenth, uh, I've been plugging that comedy show a lot. The the one at Center Stage, but this will probably be up by then. But next up is going to be uh, you know Adam Parisi. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's he's got that hardcore sweet show. Oh, I just so, went there last week. Awesome. Yeah. So hardcore sweet bakery in uh, Watertown. Uh, they actually put on a comedy show uh, pretty regularly. I think it's once a month. Yep. And I'm going to be on their November 22nd show, nice. opening up for Johnny Bowden. Uh, wait, that's that's his first name, right? Jo- Johnny. Brian Bowden. Brian, sorry, Brian, Brian Bowden. Brian. Brian. Oh, he's Bowden off the wall. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, he's fantastic. I I know him mostly online. I've seen him. I think I've seen him once live. So it's it's going to be really cool to work with him because uh, I've never never gotten a chance to. But of course, you guys know my socials. Yeah, do you plug any of your socials as well? Uh, I, well, you could catch me on Facebook, uh, Marceline Moose Hill, 
and also yo like, your posts are actually motivational as shit those are really worth having in my life i love i love that you. somebody else does that shit. It's, you yeah. know says, says happy things and not just putting awful mean things on the internet you know oh, I, I could go there real i know quick you too. can we all can it's easy it's such it's so easy to be an asshole yeah. i want to stop giving assholes credit like, yeah, yeah assholes assholes market themselves like it's fucking tough being them yeah it's easy to say the meanest impulsive thing you can well some people get away with it they do they nope. do some and people it, it even just, become president no. yeah it, it just it just yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, boom, I, yeah, I, I, sorry, I couldn't help myself. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know, but it just rolls off of them. Right? You know, they could insult you and belittle the hell out you and get a laugh out of it. It's true. But see, that's that's their style. And right. God bless them. Mm-hmm. You know. But see, I I got this thing is called inner knowledge, I guess, where I would feel bad because yeah. I've been there. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, you have a you have a conscience. <laughs> you know? I don't want to do that. All that's time. all. Well, Moose, uh, that's going to be all for today. I, like I said, I could have had you in here for four hours, and I'm sure my listeners are going to want you to come back real soon, as much as I do. So I'll be talking Thanks to you. For I, th- me. I think you. you need to be a good enough regular. Uh, with that said, that's all we have for you today, guys. And as always, drink more water and be nicer to each other. There you go. <laughs>